church, thank you so much for being with us. Let me say a prayer to get us started. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you that you are a God we can turn to and count on. I pray that you would connect our hearts to you one more time today. I pray that you would strengthen us, encourage us, that we would be the guys and the girls that you've created us to be, that we might know you and follow you. Help us, I pray, in Jesus' name, amen. Some years ago, Psychology Today published an article about the idea of friendship and resilience. And the point of it was that we need interpersonal relationships. We need a network of voices in our life that contribute towards our health and our happiness. And they said there's four types of voices that we really, really need that increase our chances of having perspective, openness, and balance in our life. Now, I thought it was so interesting because here's the four different types of voices we need. The first one they call the voice of the prophet. This is maybe quiet and fleeting, but strong. This is somebody who lives an honest, courageous life that's guided by truth and compassion. They point us in the right direction. It doesn't matter if it requires encouragement or sometimes reminders or helping us see. They give us feedback and they help us see things from an honest perspective. So what they do is they challenge us to look at our lives in honest ways and say, where am I listening to? What voices are contributing to my attitudes and my actions? We need a truth teller. We need somebody who will point us in the right direction. The second voice they say that kind of balances it is the voice of the cheerleader. This is somebody who is unabashed, enthusiastic, and unconditionally accepting of certain people in their life. The idea is we can't go it alone. We need a cheerleader who's in our corner rooting for us, supporting us, and giving us courage and acceptance and helping to encourage us along the way. I found it interesting because they said burnout is right around the corner from so many people, and we need people who can encourage us, who can see our gifts clearly, and can help us sometimes balance the re crazy demands of life and help us pull our way through. Now, they talked about the seeds of involvement are the same for burnout and involvement, but with the right level of encouragement, we can find our way through with the support and help that we need. Okay, so you have the prophet, you have the cheerleader. The third one they call the harasser. This is somebody, have you ever had somebody who just harasses you, but like in a fun way, like they make you laugh at yourself? You need somebody who can poke at you and tease you and not make you take yourself so seriously. And we can appreciate and follow guidance and give us perspective on how to see things in a right way. We really need somebody who can help us take a breath, take the harsh lens off of life, and encourage us to keep a right perspective on ourselves and on our life. And then the fourth person they say is a guide. This is somebody who listens carefully to us and they don't just accept what we say and do, but also our actions and intentions and they search and look for the nuances in our life and help us uncover what's going on and they make us think through and process life in a big way. And they have really good questions like, what voices are you listening to? Do you have people like this who can point you in the right direction, encourage you, harass you at the right time, and guide you in the choices that you're making in life? Now, it's important because having these healthy, balanced relationships, having healthy, proper voices in your life, maintain the proper balance of 
stress prevention and growth and direction that we need for our life. Life is hectic. Life is messy. Life builds up, and we need different voices, different perspectives that help us grow and process life. Now, I love thinking about it this way because one of the best places that God's given us to connect is here in the church. The church is God's good idea. And it's all these different voices coming together to do life together, to grow together, to help one another, to serve one another. Um, I try my hand at cooking all of the time. I'm not the best, but I try. And one of the things that I love so much when it comes to cooking is you have all these different flavors that come together to make something better than they would be on their own. So nobody would ever just like pour themselves a bowl of flour and like eat it. That would be disgusting. But when you put butter and sugar with the flour, you have the base for a really, really delicious cookie. Same thing is true with garlic. Like nobody just opens up a clove of garlic and starts munching on it. It would be horrifically disgusting. But when you mix in tomato and oil and it has this wonderful, incredible flavor, these different flavors come together to make something better when they mix together. And the same is true for us here at the church. When we all come together, we bring these different flavors and incredible perspectives and voices working together in healthy and right ways. But for us to be a healthy recipe, a healthy mixture, it requires a few things in our perspective. And this is how Paul talks to us about it in Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 3. He says, For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to. Rather, think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members don't all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body. Each member belongs to all the others. So Paul says, look, if we want to do this right, if we want to come together and be the church, this beautiful mixture of flavor, we have to work on a few things. And the first one is having a right thought process. Paul says it matters how we think about ourselves. It matters that we have healthy, right opinions at ourselves. The way we think about ourselves matters. He calls it sober judgment. It's putting a moderate estimate upon yourself, and you think about yourself soberly. And we really need help to think about ourselves in the right perspective. It's a divine perspective because when we think about ourselves in the right way, it leads to sober judgment, which help us make honest evaluations of ourselves. Think about it. I've overestimated what I could do before, have you? Like I thought, oh yeah, that's no problem, I can do that. And I absolutely couldn't and it ended horribly. And then I've underestimated what I could do. And I thought, there's no way I could do that. And I've surprised myself. We're terrible judges at thinking and knowing what we can do. We need help thinking about ourselves in right, proper ways. In this idea of sober judgment, it's not puffing myself up or dragging myself down. It's an honest evaluation of who I am and what I can do. And Paul says for us to have right thinking about who we are, it starts with grace. The idea of grace leads to a sense of humility in our lives, not pride. We know Christ through grace. I didn't do anything good enough for God to save me, but because Christ is good, I'm saved. God treats us better than we deserve again and again and again because of Jesus Christ. And when we really think about Christ in this way, it leads to a humble attitude, not a proud one. 
The more we focus on the goodness of God, it's not me saying, look how amazing I am, what a good Christian I am, I did all the right things this week. I'm saying, look at how awesome God is. It's not about me putting myself on a pedestal as better than anybody else. It's more the realization, the more I think about myself and God, I can't believe that God would save a girl like me. Paul says this process starts with grace, and it requires faith to grow. Thinking about myself in right, healthy ways happens best in the context of faith. Because my identity isn't connected to what I can or can't do, my identity is based in Jesus Christ. It's not what I'm capable of, it's what Christ is capable of. It's not who I am or what I've done. It's this identity we have as sons and daughters of Jesus Christ. This is where we begin honest evaluations of ourselves. So instead of it being a list of all the wrong things that we've ever done or a list of all of our accomplishments that we've achieved, it's not a list of who I am in comparison to somebody else, right? Like I might be bad, but at least I'm not that bad. Instead, we take that out of the equation and who we are, our identity is connected to being children of an awesome God who loves us and calls us to something better. Now, I always think Craig Rochelle helps us with this. He wrote the book, Winning the War in Your Mind, and it all starts in our mind and our thinking. He said, our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. What we think shapes who we are. So the life that we have right now is a reflection of what we think. And what we think will determine who we get to become tomorrow. And the battle for who we want to be and the life that we want to live, it's always won or lost in our mind. And he says you really can't change what you're not willing to confront. So the first place we start is, am I thinking about myself in the right way? Because whatever preoccupies my mind is what's controlling the direction of my life. What we think about, that becomes um, part of who we are, and it processes the directions that we take. Because we're always thinking about something. You don't even have to try. Your mind just goes to different places. And so we get to start with, do I have a right thought process for thinking about myself and this life that God has given me to leave, live? Craig Rochelle says, the power you need is a power you don't possess, but don't give up, look up, because you have a gracious, generous God who has the power you need and wants to share it with you. We all have the ability to turn to God to help get control of our thought life, and right thoughts lead to right directions in our life. When Christ is directing our thoughts, it leads to right thinking about ourselves. I'm not having to prove that I'm something that I'm not. I'm not having to pretend to be somebody that I'm not. I have an honest evaluation, a sober judgment when I think about myself. And when we think about ourselves in right ways, we see ourselves as part of a group. Nobody was created to do life alone. God has given us a community to be a part of because everybody's life is better when they're doing it with someone else. God gave us each other as a gift. As much as people might feel like a hassle here and there, we really are a great gift that God has given us to do this life with. And we have each other to encourage each other and help each other. And getting in the right relationships and the right community helps us grow in our character and our faith and in our lives. 
the right people, the right voices, right, help influence us to look at ideas and life differently and clarify our thinking and sharpening our minds. The right relationships allow us to grow and stretch and become healthier people than we could on our own. God gave us each other to do this life with, and we learn more about ourselves and him by how we interact with one another. So for this mixture to come together and work, it starts with having right thinking, sober judgment in how we evaluate ourselves and making sure that we see ourselves as part of the group. And Paul says, we are one body. Look, he says, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members don't all have the same functions, that's how we think about ourselves in the church. One body, a ton of different members with all these different functions. Paul loves this analogy of the human body to think about how we live and work and do life together. If you want to see how a life well lived should look, the body gives us an idea of how it should be healthy and functioning. So if you have a human body, all of it, you don't even have to be a doctor or a scientist. You know you have all these different parts of your body that have different functions. This body is a whole mechanism that works together, yet each of the whole depends on the individual pieces to function properly. Each part is important, right? There's legs and arms and heart and muscles and ligaments and all these different things. They're all part of the whole body, but each of them function in a different way. The brain has a different job than the legs. The heart has a different function than a hand, but you need all of them for your body to function and be healthy. The heart can't do all the work by itself, neither can the lungs. The arm isn't more important than the leg or the ears. They're all necessary for the body to function and be healthy. And Paul says the same thing is true for here in the church. We have all these different members with different functions, but when we come together, we form one body in Jesus Christ. Your function, your giftedness, it matters. Your peace is necessary no matter where you're coming from or background or giftedness. When we all work together, when we use our talents and our gifts and our experience, the church functions healthy and the body of Jesus Christ grows. We have different gifts and different talents, and when we use them all, it's not about one being more important than the other. It's that all of them function together to make the body of the church healthy and grow. So whether you have a teaching gift or a giving gift or an encouraging gift or a serving gift or a caring gift, all these different gifts are necessary to make the church function in a healthy way. I love, we use something called the SHAPE test by Rick Warren. And SHAPE stands for spiritual gifts, what you're gifted to do, heart, which is what do you love to do, abilities, your natural abilities that you're good at, and your experience, what's unique to you, your vocation, your relationships, your spiritual background, things that have happened in your past. This SHAPE all comes together to help direct you in figuring out where am I gifted? What can I do that helps contribute to the whole body so the church can grow? When we work side by side and come together in our own unique capacity, we get to be part of the awesome body that God is creating here in the church. 
our driving purpose is loving God and loving people. And we work together as a whole team to attract people to the excellence of Jesus Christ. We invite them into the joy of ministry. We challenge each other with a lifestyle uh, venture of faith. And we teach what it looks like to live out this lifestyle of generosity. When we all come together, we get to work as one body, all these different functions with one giant purpose, working together so that the body is healthy. I started working on puzzles, I don't remember how many years ago. Every year, like around Christmas time, I love to like find like 1,000 piece puzzle and I work on it like through the holiday times and it just, it's fun, it's something to do that keeps my mind occupied. And what I love about a puzzle is you have all these different pieces, different shapes, colors, sizes, and you have all these different pieces that when you put them together, it makes one beautiful picture. And each piece matters. Each piece has a place. And if you've ever done a puzzle with all these pieces and you find yourself down to the end and you're like missing one or two pieces, it like disrupts your OCD well-being. You need all these different pieces to make the whole picture come together. And the same is true for us here at the church. Your piece matters. It contributes to the whole picture that God is creating and painting and crafting here in our church. We're one body with all these different pieces that come together and work together and fit together that connect in the kind of way that Christ does an awesome work in us and through us. When we work together, it's no longer just a place that we come to every once in a while. It becomes a place that we belong to, a place that's ours, that our peace fits in and connects, a place that we've helped work to bring together, that we get to be part of the whole body together. You are an incredibly valuable piece in the work that God is doing in the church. And if you haven't gotten connected yet, you're missing out on all of the huge things that God wants to do in you and through you in growing your life. There's no better time to get connected than right now to use your voice, your skills, your talents, your giftedness, your heart to build up the incredible work that God's doing here in the church. I love Erwin McManus says, the church should always be a movement of people that live by faith, is known by love, and is a voice for hope. When we think about ourselves in right ways, we see ourselves as connected to this one body, different functions, different gifts, different puzzle pieces coming together to create one beautiful picture of the work God wants to do in the world. But Paul says you can't forget, in Christ, this is what happens. Yes, we all have different members, different functions, but in Christ, though many, we form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We're one body in Jesus Christ. This is what unites us, what brings us together. Though we have different functions, different backgrounds, different life experiences, different voices, different flavors that we add to the whole recipe, in Christ, we come together. We're united in him. He defines who we are. He directs us in the way that we should go and unites us in our purpose and what we're trying to accomplish here. But here's so important to remember about unity. <clears throat> unity doesn't mean uniformity. The church isn't about being a cookie cutter version of somebody else. You don't join the church and lose what makes you you. There's unity in the church, but there's also diversity. 
The goal isn't, hey, be part of the church and now just be like everybody else. It's no, be the best version of you that God created you to be. The goal is not me compared to somebody else. It's me growing with Jesus Christ. You don't lose your individuality. You don't lose what makes you you. Instead, when we join up in this awesome body together, we conquer what is selfish in us without eliminating what is unique about us. God works through our personality, our experience, our life, our hearts, our voice to bring us together united in Jesus Christ. Unity doesn't mean we always agree on everything, right? I don't know anybody in any relationship that always gets along and never has a disagreement or thinks about things in the same way. The best teams aren't made up of people who never see things in different ways or just go along with everybody else for the sense of harmony. That's not actually harmony because what happens is you start squelching your voice and your opinion and your heart and it leads to animosity and resentment. Instead, we see unity as coming together, different backgrounds, different views, different ways of looking things, but we, we bring it all together to learn together, to see each other in different ways and open up each other to seeing things in perspectives we've never seen. The best friends, the best voices in your life aren't the ones who tell you that nothing is wrong or never tell you when you've got something gross on your face, right? They're the ones that like, hey, you got something hanging off right here and you, and you want that perspective. Those are the teams that are healthy. They care about you enough to tell you this is something that's going on so that you can see things in different ways. We challenge each other and grow together. What unity does mean is oneness. That there are, yes, different things about us, different opinions, different backgrounds, all of these different perspectives, they could divide us, but what is united in us is greater than everything else. We're united in Jesus Christ. We're all trying to grow up into the same person, the same model, who he's called us to be. And we don't lose our individuality. We get to be unique in our perspective, united in the character and the values of who Jesus Christ is, our commitment to grow up in him. And we get to come together and work side by side and grow in our faith and share the gospel and see who God is and what he can do in our life. We're united in Jesus Christ and our vision for who he is and what he wants to accomplish. The church is God's good idea in the world. And though we bring all these different backgrounds and different uh, perspectives with us, we are united in the name of Jesus Christ. We form one body to have all these different functions so that the church can grow and be healthy with the goal of Christ's name being glorified in the world. We unite and support and team up with each other so that we get to help each other and we get to do life together and come alongside each other. If somebody stumbles, we're there to help pick them back up. If somebody doesn't have enough strength, we're there to fill in and help. When someone's struggling, we come alongside each other to do life together. That's the picture of how the church is supposed to be, united but diverse united but unique, all coming together in the name of Jesus Christ. The question is, are you part of the body? Are you using your life, your gifts, your talents, your uniqueness that God has given you to be part of this awesome, 
picture, puzzle, recipe, body, whatever analogy feels the most fun to you. Where's your peace? Where's your flavor contributing that you're connecting, you're serving, you're building up the church so that we get to be together doing the awesome work of God together? The church is always better when we are side by side, working together, growing together, learning together. If you haven't got connected yet, we'd love to help get you connected to see what God might do when you say yes to being part of his awesome team. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would help us. I pray that you would encourage us, that you would strengthen us, that we would be united in our goal of living out our lives for you. I pray that you would help us be united in this awesome purpose and cause in the name of Jesus Christ, that we would bring our gifts, our lives together, that we would build up this body that you've called us to be. Help us to be the church that thrives in this corner of the world so that your name will be lifted high in all that we do. We pray this in Jesus' name.